0: To win the Women in Industry podcast, a production of the Communications Group.
1: And greetings, this is Lisa Van Hook with the Communications Group. I have with me Carson Horn. Today's guest is Carol Johnson. We're inspired by you, women of the world. You're making a difference. You're wearing your cape, you're being a superhero, working your plan. This week, we are inspired by our guest, Carol Johnson.
2: Welcome, Carol. Thank you, Lisa and Carson, Natalie. Thank you guys for having me on. This is truly an honor.
1: We're pleased that you're here. So we're going to start by getting to know Carol Johnson, just um, a moment. And uh, would you would you just take a minute to tell us um, about yourself
2: in a nutshell? Sure. I am a small town girl that uh, is lucky enough to live on her family farm and continue the values that I've been given by two very strong Christian parents. And i uh, continue my love for agriculture and the farm that I was raised on by, uh, working in the agricultural industry and in higher education as well. I have two children, I'm from my high school sweetheart. We are happily married. We're about to celebrate 25 years of marriage in November. And so, yeah, it doesn't feel like, you know, it feels like time just flies by, but, um, that is me. I'm just basically your all American, uh, farm town girl who loves to do work that makes a difference to others and so i'm sure we'll get an opportunity to talk a little bit more about that as we go on but i love my community i love my farm and i love my family and so those are the three biggest things uh, that god has blessed me with so i love to share that and uh, and and encourage others to have that same love of their life as we go on so yeah that's who i am
1: that's wonderful now that is uh, really not doing you justice i'm going to tell you cuz who you are according to the research our team has done, is you are super mom, farmer, horsewoman, former president of the Chamber of Commerce, uh, served on the school board. You were a banker. Uh, You are an educator. You are, by the way, Dr. Carol Johnson, I should point out, fundraiser, supporter, and I think most importantly, former justice of the peace, because that's where probably all the power really was. So I think that (laughs) when we talk about putting on your cape in the morning, And uh, being a superhero, making a difference, and women who inspire us, uh, I have to say, after reading your background and your bio, uh, you really did inspire me. I want to know a little bit more about when you get up in the morning and you um, go into the office, wherever that may be, whether it's home, um, your home office, or whether it is um, out in the community. um, What what is it that you, tell us about what you do, what your job is, and, and what that looks like
2: sure sure so and and i'll go back and kind of reframe some of that too i have been so blessed to be impacted by so many strong leaders both male and female um but i have been just uh constantly blessed to be given opportunities to get involved like being on the quorum court Um, i never in a million years dreamed of doing anything like that And A community member, when I was serving on a community council, said, hey, you should try to run. You could make a difference. Your voice would matter, and I did and was elected, served two terms, and and it was a great experience. Um, Likewise, having been a development officer for Arkansas State University, BB in Heber Springs, uh, one of our development council members, Howard Chapin, encouraged me. He said, you should get on the Cleveland County Community School Board. We will make a difference together. That's our most vulnerable population of the county. These kids need an advocate. And that's what we are. And so those opportunities then led me to the job that I have now, just the the experience and ultimate uh, motivation that I've been given through every opportunity uh, led me to being the chief development officer at Alpha Gamma Row. And I can tell you, there's no greater honor. And I love my work. And every single day, I wake up um, really early to make sure my family's situated. But then I hit the office even, you know, before eight o'clock. And and I can remember early on in my career, at eight o'clock, I'd be dragging in, thinking, "Oh, it's gonna be a long day." <laughs> I never think that. What I there's not enough hours in the day to do all the things I want to do because there's so many good things that that I'm able to uh, accomplish throughout the day, and I'm supported by. Um, a, a great leadership and board who they say Carol that's your idea take it run with it and make it a success and and so we've been able to do a lot of great things and set some tremendous records at Alpha Gamma Rose Educational Foundation. Just in my short tenure, I've been there almost two years, and so we'll, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that. But so my average day, I just get up, I um, make sure the family's situated, and then get to my office. And and typically, you know, I start like many people, check the email, return and phone calls and then I just look at strategy for the day what are the big components that what are those big rocks I need to move and uh, I get on it and then like I said usually about 5 5 30 I start thinking where has the day gone so that's kind of that's kind of how my day rolls
1: you know I'm gonna add another thing to your long list of things that titles that you are things you do and that's advocate. Um, What I heard you say when you talked about um, service on the school board and being a justice of the peace is a strong call to advocacy. Um, The fact that you get to get up every day and advocate for agriculture is a pretty cool job. Um, Tell us a little bit more about I don't think very many people, unless they're in the industry, actually understand or know about the uniqueness of the organization, the agriculture organization that you work for?
2: Yeah, Lisa, I'm, I'm honored to tell you more about it. So first of all, let me just give you some facts on agriculture. Less than 2% of our population is involved in agriculture, and, and you guys may already know this, but agriculture is the industry that supports every other we wouldn't have schools we wouldn't have medicine we wouldn't have textiles or clothing if it wasn't for farmers across the nation and so i have the joy and honor of helping to cultivate those young farmers who are coming up in their higher education careers um, by encouraging them to get involved in the world's only agricultural fraternity And I do that by advocating for support, uh, fundraising, to build programs that really develop them professionally and give them leadership opportunities so that they can grow into a broader and better agriculture. Our purpose at Alpha Gamma Rho is to make better men and um, coming from a collegiate program that had an Alpha Gamma row and being a little sis and sweetheart for them, I can tell you that those are the best men on campus. And so wonderful. Um, if there are any young people listening, you know, if you've got some AGRs on your campus, go meet them. Those are the... Those are the guys that are going to make an impact on our future, ultimately. So, um, being able to advocate for agriculture and for higher education and those who are um, involved in agr is just a huge honor.
3: I need to blush over here. I just, for our audience out there, full disclosure. Um, you know, and Carol, we've talked about this on pre- previous conversations. I was actually a member of Alpha Gamma Rho. In fact, I was the president and noble ruler of Pi chapter there at Oklahoma State University. And so it just, you know, to to know that we've got people like you supporting us and our alumni and our our, our folks that are in the house right now. I mean, that's that's so great to hear. And, and you just put just such a, an eloquent spin on that. Thank you so much for everything that you do for us.
2: Well, and you're humble. Uh, the Pi chapter is a very prestigious chapter, they have great leadership. And so for you to have been involved in leadership roles, that speaks to your successes and and the great things that you're gonna do too. So I appreciate those comments and everything you do for AGR as well. Um, You know, And that's one of the beautiful parts about my job is I I communicate the importance of the organization. Um, I'm able to advocate for agriculture, but then what I do really and ultimately is connect people who have been involved with the organization who want to support the future of the organization. And we do that by building programs and then seeking monetary support to do that. And so it's a really important part of the evolution of the organization. And I think that's ultimately what fundraising in general is. And i would had those experiences that at ASU BB for about 16 years specifically in development and then Arkansas children's for about two years. And so, um, just lots of, lots of things come into full circle when I get to talk about AGR and, and how, you know, we hope to build a stronger path for the better men of the future. So Carson congratulations on being on one of those and and we're so thankful for you.
1: Let me ask you a question. If, if our listeners would like to learn more about Alpha Gamma Rho and if they would like to support them, tell us where we can find them and how we can support the organization.
2: Wonderful that you would ask, Lisa. They can go to alphagammarow.org/donate. There's a tab there where they can look at a drop-down box and find all of their local chapters, um, any scholarship opportunities, or our annual loyalty fund. And mm-hmm. the loyalty fund is like our national fund, our annual fund that supports all of the recruitment schools, the leadership seminars, uh, the house mother training and advisor forums that we do that really support. Uh, the members, and and I'm sure Carson uh, is familiar with all of those, but that loyalty fund is super important to the daily work that we do. And for those of you
1: who don't, um, have never heard of Alpha Gamma Rho before, that is Alpha, A-L-P-H-A, Gamma, G-A-M-M-A, Rho, R-H-O, don't forget to get the H in there, R-H-O, Dot com. Oh,
2: right. Yes, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, you know, I think sometimes we get so close that we just assume everyone knows about it and you, you make a great point. And that's one of the things I hope to accomplish in the next, my three to five year plan is to really educate and advocate to more people about Alpha Gamma Rho and
3: what we do. So wonderful. You, you guys keep bringing up that, that word about advocacy and everything. In fact, there's a, there's a new variation on that term, uh, kind of circulating in the industry right now um advocacy and this is something that really resonates i think lisa with with our area mm-hmm. of in public relations and marketing and the fact that um farmers and the industry as a whole is starting to realize the importance now more than ever especially with the advent of social media and and just the way that we communicate today the importance of telling your own story because if you don't tell it, there's a vacuum there, and somebody else is going to take that opportunity to tell your story for you. Um, and, and Carol, I'm sure you can speak to this. You know, what what are your thoughts right now about some of those industry trends going on, and and how agriculture is coming together to to kind of take the reins on that a little bit.
2: Well, advocacy is a great, um, a great starting point because I think many organizations around the globe have really latched onto that and started using LinkedIn more and started using Instagram posts more. Um, I think at one time, farmers themselves, producers, um, any conglomerate, you know, kind of looked at the industry and thought, we're out in the field, we've got suppliers, we've got warehouses, we've got processors. And we don't really have to advertise to each other. But then a few years fast forwarding, we look at it a little different, a little different because we see the difference that global agriculture uh, is making. And so one of the things that I think we can look at that is really impacting us, of course, is the recent COVID um, uh, pandemic, because with COVID, there have been so many things that have arisen, like a shortage of workforce. Um, there have been um, pricing issues, you know, the, the ability to get products to a market and sell it. And so I think that those are all things that have arisen. And so I, you guys are great marketing specialists. So I guess I would kind of pick your brain to say, hey, what could we do? And particularly at Alpha Gamma Rho, what could we do to help with that adv- advocacy where it's more on social media than ever before? And uh, and and with a second part of the question, Carson, part of fundraising is telling stories. And so how could we include our member stories? How could I say Carson Horn? that did this at the Pi chapter. How how do you think we could utilize social media to really blossom what we do?
3: Well, you know, from my perspective, I'm sure Lisa could probably expound on this a lot, you know, one of the things that we have found so successful just about the women in industry campaign, which this podcast is all about, is redirecting the attention to the people that are actually doing the work. That's what makes the win campaign so successful is is that we're, we're featuring those stories of real people doing real things like what you're doing, Carol. And so that's what I think makes Alpha Gamma Rho so powerful, is that you're not focusing on just one aspect or one area. You're looking at the entire development of these young men in their collegiate setting. And these men, they work together, they live together in an environment that encourages scholarship and community involvement and leadership. And they're getting involved. These are the leaders on their campuses. The, uh, you know, um, the, the, the guys that I lived in the house with there at Oklahoma State University, um, we, we were there as a support system to make sure that we were all accountable to each other, that we were doing well in school, but also giving back to our community. And I think when you instill those qualities into a person's character, that they will go on to become uh, you know, very successful in their professional lives, which will help them succeed personally as well. Lisa, I mean, what what is, what is your take on that? I know that you, you've had a lot of experiences when it comes to building that, that personal development and those professional skills.
1: Well, uh, thank you for asking that question. And Carol, I think that um, there's probably not a lot that we could tell you that you don't already know because you have the magic um, component. It is the secret sauce. Um, everybody at the communications group knows this. We We preach it as part of our pledge to our clients, and that is relationships. Mm -hmm. You have done a fantastic job, not just talking about an organization. You have developed relationships. um, You have connected with your audience, and you've started to build community. And that's what really moves people. And you are, by nature, based on everything that I've learned about you, You are a relationship builder. You talked several times about connecting the dots and networking. And you said um, networking was one of the reasons that um, you got to where you are today. So I would say to you that keep um, returning in your communications and your fundraising efforts, keep returning to your relationships, use those relationships to, um, to really communicate. And Carson Um, Carson, he hit the nail on the head. Um, If you focus on the people who are actually showing up and doing the work um, and tell their story, um, that's how you'll connect with people.
2: Absolutely. Carson, I may have to get you on our national uh, media. You know, you may have to be a like, new face of here pretty soon. But yeah, I love the way you framed that. And I love the way that you spoke it, because that's exactly how we tell our collegiate members, you know, when they're coming through the recruitment school and at leadership, this is who we are. And uh, it makes a big impact. And so I think telling those stories, and then Lisa, like you said, just continuing to build my relationships all across the nation. That's kind of what I um, aspire to do, to do the best that I can for Alpha Gamma Rho. And that's ultimately what I do every single day. I look at what did I do yesterday that I can do better today. So day over day, I'm trying to outperform. Um, And I hope that in 10, 15 years that we have even more successes to celebrate. Um, I I suspect as long as you're there that you will. I'm going to
1: predict, I am going to predict that you will. You will have many successes uh, to celebrate. Um, With that, I'm going to um, tell you we are just about ready for a break. I want to say one thing to you. um, One of my favorite quotes is, you may have heard it, the distance between your dreams and reality is called action. And uh, you are clearly, Carol Johnson, a woman of action. So when we come back, we are going to... Play, uh, it's going to be our action round, if you will. When we come back, we're going to um, shoot a series of rapid fire questions at you and we're going to get you to answer just right off the top of your head. So, with that, we'll take a short break and then we'll come back. Okay. You ready? Are you ready for rapid fire, Carson? Are you ready? Yes,
2: I'm ready. To go. <laughs> okay,
1: okay. Some of these uh, may have been on your list that uh, you were given, some of them may not have been. So, uh, don't overthink them. We're just going to jump right in. Okay, uh, dog or cat person? Uh, dog, absolutely. awesome i love that that's a great answer that is a great answer okay
3: yeah Yeah, lisa's satisfied with that we're we're done here
1: (laughs) yeah we're done i'm a dog person for sure um what is the most interesting place you have traveled to visit
2: the most interesting place I've traveled to visit would have to be Sydney, Australia. I took a group oh. of students on a trip around the world in 10 days back in my higher education days. And we legitimately flew from California directly to Sydney. I actually spoke there at, a, uh, international, at an international rotary conference. And then we actually flew from there to Gongzhou, China to see um, the development center there in the airport. And to get a tour of some of the uh, technology leaders there, like uh, Panasonic and Sony and some of those others, we were only there for one day. So it was very fast paced. And then we flew to Paris, France and came back through New York, saw Broadway play and came on home right through Atlanta to Little Rock. So if I had to pick one place, it would have been Sydney, though, because there were beaches that were absolutely stunning that you would see, you know, like in a movie. But then there was also the Outback, which was more Um, what you would imagine on uh, some movie about Australia with kangaroos out and and, uh, more of like a desert type scene. And so that would probably be the place that I would say.
1: Awesome. Morning or night person?
2: Um, Night. (laughs)
1: Um, Okay. What (laughs) is one thing you... That's funny. What is one thing you absolutely will not eat?
2: Uh, sushi. I just I can't
1: do it. Can't do the texture. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Okay, uh coffee or tea?
2: Uh Coca-Cola <laughs> or sweet <tea. laughs> Okay. Yeah, but- Good answer. Oh, I took my first step for a drink of Coca-Cola. And so they should really give me some kind of like rights or something on a percentage drink <laughs> a lot of Coca-Cola.
3: <laughs> we are looking for sponsors, by the way. So excellent.
1: Okay. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Favorite <laughs> app on your phone?
2: Um. Oh, probably Instagram. I, I like to float the gram and look at what's going on. Yes. Yes. Okay. How many
1: days do you think you could go? Without your phone, like for real, without it.
2: Oh no, Lisa, I don't think I could go. I mean, maybe one day. Um, one day, I'm, okay. that person, I'm that person that gets out at the grocery store with the phone in her hand and looks around the car and, like, where's my phone? And it's in my hand. It's <laughs> <I'm> connected <laughs> to me at all times because I live it. So yeah, I, yeah. That, one day. One day
1: yeah. Okay. One day. Have you ever karaoke?
2: I have karaoke. My, my, uh, the only song I've ever seen was great balls of fire and I pretty much nailed it. My husband was thinking it was the craziest thing I've ever done, but yes. I. <laughs> I <have karaoke. laughs>
3: That's awesome.
1: Uh, have you ever broken a bone?
2: I have not knock on wood been very lucky. Ooh,
1: that is lucky. Okay. What is your favorite Halloween costume?
2: Oh my goodness. Um, I would have to. I dressed up like Britney Spears one year, and that was actually <laughs> so, uh, it, not my favorite, but it was funny. So yeah,
1: okay, I love I that. Uh, love that. Okay, um, if you could master one musical instrument, what would it be?
2: Oh, the piano. Absolutely, I could play the piano at a younger age. My mom put me in lessons, and then I had. Uh, an automobile accident my freshman year of college, and everything that I knew about the piano left me. And um, so, yeah, I'd love to go back and be able to play the piano.
1: One non-family member woman who inspires you?
2: Oh my gosh, that's so hard. I can only pick one. No, you can you can have more than one. Okay, perfect. Um, so my very best friend, since we were in kindergarten, Jennifer Freeman inspires me every day because she is just the most down to earth, good Christian mother and wife. And I just love her so much. And I, I aspire to be like her. Um, and then outside of her would be Diane Tyner Logan. She was my supervisor at arkansas state university she hired me at heber springs campus and she basically was my work mom and she made me realize that there are opportunities beyond what i had set in my mind for limits and so for her i'll always be so grateful for pushing me into a development role um because look at look at my love for it now so Mm -hmm. Those would be the two primary ones that just pop right into my mind. And then one other would be my Aunt Linda. Of course, she said no family, but she's the first person in our family to go on to college. And uh, she actually got a doctorate. And so she inspired me to complete my doctorate. And so uh, that would be be the top three outside of my family, of course.
1: That's wonderful. Wonderful. You did great. Okay. Woman of Action, you did good on the rapid fire questions. With that, we're going to transition into learning a little bit more about you professionally. Now we've talked a lot about your organization. I'm going to turn this over to Carson and I'm going to let Carson ask you a little bit more um, so that we can learn about um, who you are professionally, um, sort of your role in the agriculture world. And um, yeah, what, what makes you tick as a, as a successful professional woman,
3: Carson? Yeah, well, th- this is exciting for me because, Carol, it's it's always an interest of mine to to kind of pick the brain of really successful professional people. And so I think we've kind of uh, really are set up well for that right now, uh, given the caliber of person that we're speaking with today. So um, first of all, I, I kind of have a little understanding of what it is that you do. You're, you are Chief Development Officer um, at Alpha Gamma Rho. So you do a lot of fundraising and a lot of support work for the success of the fraternity and its mission, which is, again, just to remind our audience, um, you had mentioned it earlier, to make better men. Uh, That is the motto that I grew up uh, through the house uh, learning and and everything else. So um, to kind of set the stage on that, though, I, I think it's important that our audience understand what's going on in the agriculture industry and our rural community right now. You, you kind of alluded to some things going on, you know, like everybody is dealing with right now with COVID. Um, but beyond that, there's trade issues, there's economic issues, there's a lot of social issues when it comes to healthcare health care and those kind of things. Can, can you just kind of, from your perspective, what is going on in the ag industry as far as how you deal with it right now?
2: Sure. So just before the uh, pandemic, was officially a pandemic. Um, I was able to attend a symposium um, at Kansas State University with our AGRs there, and uh, the Alpha Zeta guys had invited me to come and and listen and learn from industry professionals. And so at that time, before COVID in the United States, we were looking at the issues that COVID was imposing on trade because it was existing in China, it was existing in Australia, and other other countries were experiencing um, COVID already. And so we, we were being forced as a nation to look at um, our trade and our uh, impact of our economy when we look at exports and imports. And so I think that that is a big issue of balancing exports and imports um, based on international demand. And so we have to look at the imposition that that puts our economy in, you know, what's the best position we can be at to be the most efficient and effective nation. And um, agriculture is America's number one industry. So we absolutely have to all embrace that and i think that's the next issue um, kind of going back to our advocacy advocacy conversation there are so many people in the nation who don't understand agriculture they think it's just a bunch of farmers who have some cows out back or they're in a field um, putting some corn up they don't understand that without the beet farmers in north dakota without the avocado farmers and dairy farmers in california uh, without the orange farmers in florida we are a nation that produces everything tangible. And so um, that is the other component I think that we face constantly is the educational component of letting people know agriculture supports our nation, all of our textiles, all of our foods, um, and really kind of doing a better job internally in our own nation of letting people know the importance of it. And then the third thing I think is just being able to keep up with the evolution of technology. I can remember in uh, 1992, I gave a speech about biotechnology in FFA. And it seemed so far-fetched. And I can attest to you that five years after that speech was given, it was, it was antiquated. You know, there was like some big new thing coming down the pike. And so I think as agriculturalists, too, an issue is to continue to keep up with What's going on in our industry and the evolution of supporting the nation um, with technology and at a faster pace and a better pace. So those would have to be the three things that I think we're looking at is you know trade uh, trade's influence on the economy, educating and advocating, and then keeping up with technology today. So those would be the three main factors I think I would focus on if I were the Secretary of Agriculture. So
3: there you go. Thank you. That's, I mean, that's so thorough, and and I think you you've hit on probably everything that that, that could possibly give us a well-rounded view of, of what's going on. Right now. Um, tell me a little bit, kind of what, what you're what you're dealing with right now in your current role as chief development officer. I understand you do have a a capital campaign that you're you're starting to develop and work on right now.
2: Yes. So we. Um we are looking at what is the best thing we can do going forward. And so first of all, let me, let me give you a little bit of, um, a photo of who I work for, uh, the board and my leadership internally and all of that. Um, So we have, I actually work for the Educational Foundation, which supports the fraternity. So we have a fraternity board and we have an Educational Foundation board. And I'm the chief development officer that works for the Educational Foundation to support the fraternity. And then our CEO, Rex Martin. And I just want to shout out props to him. I have worked for a lot of supervisors in my past. Um, I've worked for people who are good managers, people who are good supervisors, and then people who are good people. But very rarely do I had have I ever experienced that they were two or more. And he's all three. And I'm so blessed to work for such an amazing leader. And, and our boards follow his suit. He's changing the culture of our organization. And so what we have decided to do is look at what do we need to raise money for? Not just today. That's the loyalty fund that I addressed earlier, our annual fund, which every development shop across the nation has an annual fund. But what can we do for the legacy? In 20 years, what work of Carol Johnson and Rex Martin will be remembered? And we're going to set history. Um, When they interviewed me, I was as transparent as to who I am as, as I've ever been with a board when they interviewed me. And I said, I want to do so well that other fraternities look at us and say, how did AGR do that? And so that's where we started. We started working and and building this culture that we all work as one unit for the good of the fraternity and the brotherhood. And then the second piece is looking at the strategy of, well, what are we gonna need long-term? So building a legacy. And so what came out of that is the idea of a capital campaign. And we just, we did a feasibility study. We just completed a feasibility study, which basically surveyed a population of our donor base to see if they would support it, if they thought it was a good idea. And so the case study and case model that we used was a focus on local chapter excellence. And there was a lot of support for that. So we are about to, Um, engage in the silent phase or the secret part of a campaign where we start to make um, connections with large donors who would see benefit in that. And so that's going to be our next big thing that we do. Um, The next big hurdle that we tackle at Alpha Gamma Rose Educational Foundation is is raising between 10 and $15 million to support the local excellence of our chapters. And so Carson, that means you're at the pie chapter, Oklahoma state university. Um, You know, we, we want, The pies to rally behind the pies and to say, hey, that money is not going to what was formerly known as nationals. We're your home office. We're there to support you. I work for you. And so I'm not hoarding your money. I want you to raise money to send in, put it in your account. And when you need money to send someone to leadership school or to give someone a scholarship, that money is accessible for you and for pies. And so we're hearing a lot of great positive um, support for the campaign. Uh, more news will come on that later uh, we've got a big meeting next week to determine if this is the course of action we're going to pursue and and uh, and go from there made on based on those uh, decisions and opinions of our boards but it's exciting work because we're able to look at the the need of our individual members of our individual chapters and then determine how we can support that need so that's the next big thing and uh, again I just can't I can't say how Incredible, the people I work for are. Um, I've worked for a lot of different places and I've raised a lot of money in a lot of different areas. And um, this is definitely a great group of men who lead me every day. So I want to make them proud and I want to raise the most money that we can so that, like I said, other fraternities look at AGR and say, We want to be those guys. We want to know how they're doing that. So that's kind of where we are.
3: Carol, I, I kind of want to illustrate or demonstrate to our audience how this impacts them, what you're doing, and, and, and the mission of Alpha Gamma Rho. You know, um, we're seeing a, an increase in urbanization anymore as more and more people are becoming further removed from the farm. Uh, I, I think probably a lot of folks out there probably have memories um, or experiences where they visited their grandparents on their farm or something like that. But uh, today, we, we see more and more young people uh, taking jobs in our cities rather than going back to the farm. And you know we have as an agricultural community, the responsibility and the mission, the task ahead of us here in in the very near future, to feed a growing world population. Uh, I I, the, I think the the number is going to get up to like two billion, or no, I'm sorry, not two billion, but uh, like eight billion people. Um, you know, here in the next uh, you know, few decades. So that is a, an incredible task to to undertake, and so I think that underscores. The importance of what you're doing to foster that next generation of agricultural leaders. And I think that's so important. Um, can, can you kind of speak a little bit to that as far as, um, you know, I think what is interesting about Alpha Gamma Rho and I'm sure that there is a tradition like this across many different fraternities, but the relationship that you have uh, with your alumni, you know, there is the saying that you aren't just an AGR um, during college, you're an AGR for life and that was demonstrated so many times.
2: Absolutely. Um, well, so that's a great, a great question, Carson, because I think that a lot of people, you know, when they say, where do you work Carol? And I'm on like, Alpha Gamma Rho. And they're like, well, what is that? The world's largest agricultural fraternity, the only agricultural fraternity. And so, people say, well, what, what do you do? You know, that's, you raise money for an agriculture fraternity. Like how does that, how does that benefit you essentially is what, you know, you're asking. And so um, in a broad spectrum, what what AVR does is provide the next leadership for the evolving agricultural industry. And so, you know, we are looking to make a broader and better agriculture by providing these young men in leadership roles into that industry. And so, again, agriculture provides every single thing that we need as a nation. And so if we're providing those young leaders who step up and really run those companies or farm out on their their own property or whatever it is that they may be doing, um, they're contributing to provide for our society. And so Alpha Gamma Rho is a really, really important fraternity, uh, one that a lot of folks don't know. We are social. But we are more professional, too. We network with the larger companies. We have relationships with our alumni, as you pointed out. We have some of the most successful alumni in any fraternity. I'm positive because those are the leaders of the agricultural industry. Um, so when you look at having leaders at Bayer or Kroger or Syngenta, those are the ones who are making the decisions that impact ultimately everyone in society on some basis. And so when, when trying to educate someone who doesn't know about Alpha Gamma Rho, you know, they may think, well, that doesn't apply to me, but it absolutely does. Um, now that doesn't mean I go out and ask everybody in the world to support Alpha Gamma Rho, um, the capital campaign or a housing campaign, but I absolutely will share the message in hopes that everybody in the whole world would give to the annual fund just because inevitably it will impact them. We're creating the leaders that will lead agriculture to supply what they need for their lifestyle, you know, for many years to come. And so so that's the, that's the key, well, and ultimately it falls back on educating and cultivating those relationships with alumni, you know, making sure that they stay connected, because what we hear and what I've heard from you, Carson, is that, you know, being a PI at Oklahoma State University is a huge honor, and it was your brotherhood. Those were your best friends. Those were your college memories. Um, that was your network, and so... Those things helped you to become who you are today, and so we hope that alumni with those same sentiments will come back and say, you know, I got to go to leadership seminar one year, and I want to pay and make sure somebody else gets to go. And so that's the kind of cultivation that we hope to do with our alumni, maybe that haven't been involved up to this point. And so that's some of the work that I'm doing to try to educate all alumni across the nation. We have 72 chapters across the nation with over 55,000 living alumni. And so we hope that all 55,000 will know about the Educational Foundation within the next three to five years. Um, Through a donor services survey, if you asked all of our alumni, was a small percentage that actually knew what the educational foundation did and i am here to change that i'm going to educate and make asks and continue to grow the support for our brotherhood and um and so to kind of also give you a little personal insight into that i mentioned that i was a sweetheart and little sis for beta epsilon at arkansas state university and um, i was a state ffa officer that year and could not go through rush and the dean brought the noble ruler over, introduced me, and invited me to participate in a, they called it the Little International, which was a show, a livestock show. They knew I enjoyed that. And from that moment forward, those guys were my absolute best friends all the way through college. And so it just goes to show you that it's not just about the, the single brotherhood. It's the people that they touch outside that. I was... I was impacted by those young leaders and I want to give back. And so I hope others will be inspired to do the same.
3: Yeah, I, I think you, you described that so perfectly. And, and just from my own personal experience, you know, um, the connections that you make um, in Alpha Gamma Row expand far beyond your own house or chapter. Um, you know, I, personally, I have been the best man in three different people's weddings all AGR brothers. um, We always talk about how uh, the friends you make at AGR, the the brothers that you have, there will be the people standing beside you at your wedding. They'll be the people um, that are standing or or serving as your pallbearers.
2: I legit legit have chill bumps, Carson. I'm going to, I'm going to have to reach out to you after this podcast and like, record some of your sound bites, because yes, you're absolutely right. It's about those relationships and it's about that network. And so that's so critical.
3: These relationships through life, you know, like I, like I said earlier, you're not just an AGR during college, you're an AGR for life. And what I think is so interesting from a professional perspective is that I have been able to go around the country and everywhere I go, I, I meet an AGR. In fact, we have a, a client right now who is a former AGR from Arkansas uh, University, and um, we had that immediate connection. We never met each other before, but we established that connection, and that served as kind of the foundation of how we have built a, a professional relationship in business. And so that, I think that's a story that's repeated over and over. And, and I'm going to leave you with one final thought. And I'm going to turn it back over to Lisa. I'm sure she's got a lot of questions for you as well. But we've all heard the saying that behind every great man, there's a great woman. And, and I think that has been the story um, during my entire experience with AGR. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with the way that a fraternity system works, it comes complete with your own house mother. Um, she kind of runs the show usually. And there at Oklahoma State during my time, Mom Walker, she was the oldest uh, house mom on campus. She was 89 years old, if you can believe that. Lived right there in the house with us. She took care of us. She stayed up late with us when we had study sessions or homecoming um, activities going on, all sorts of things. And Mom Walker took care of us. Um, And it is so inspiring to see that with your story, Carol, uh, that we have another great woman uh, working behind the scenes to make sure that that we're successful in our lives. So thank you for everything that you do. Well,
2: thank you, Carson. That makes my day. And and I'll tell you this funny tidbit. So um so I this is kind of getting off on a little bit different path, but then keeping the same thing in line. So I. Uh, you and I talked about, I worked for Arkansas Cattlemen's right out of college, did some development work. Then I went to farm credit, was really inspired by Tom Peebles there to stay in agriculture. But then I had an opportunity to get into higher ed and stayed there for 16, 17 years almost in development. Would have never left, would have never left that realm, Um, but was given an opportunity to make a change. And we had had some transitioning of supervisors and development was not of importance to that particular supervisor. And, and I was concerned. So I thought, where can I go and learn the most I can learn? And I looked at Arkansas Children's and uh, learned metrics fundraising galore there. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. But there was one particular day I was coming home from work and I'll never forget it. I looked up and there was like a silver lining behind a cloud, it had been raining and the sun was coming up behind the cloud. And and this is not cliche, this is a fact. Um, I looked up and, and I just said, God, would you please show me what you really want me to be doing? Like, is this the right path? And within 24 hours, I had a message through LinkedIn. And the only reason I had LinkedIn was because at the Children's Hospital, they encouraged all employees to have one. And on my resume, I had left Alpha Gamma Rho Sweetheart in my extracurriculars all those years, you know, 25, 30 years later, it's still on my resume because it's so important to me. And I had uploaded that. And so when the executive recruiter was looking for an employee, you know, potential employee, she found me and they were looking for someone who had an Ag degree, someone who had an affiliation with AGR and someone who had 10 years or more of experience. And she was like, you're checking off all the boxes. And I thought, this is incredible because I left something special to me on my resume. I was found. And so I just, I'm a very faithful person and I think this is, God led me here. There were some points in my career that were bumpy, you know, and and I wasn't really sure where I was going, but to work with the best men and to be able to do what you just talked about with your house mother, to be able to lead the way for these young men who are going to make a difference in my agricultural industry. I am grateful for the opportunity and, and honored. So yes, it's, I, I think you're, uh, you're, you're definitely hitting some heartstrings there, Carson.
3: <laughs> Lisa chime in here. What questions do you have for, Uh, Carol, you know, I I, I feel like I've touched on the agricultural stuff, but um, I would love to hear your take. You you are both mothers. You're both successful women. Um, You know, I'm sure that that you have a lot of comparisons. And even from listening to the conversation today, I see a lot of um, a lot of congruencies in your lives.
1: Oh my gosh, I want to be Carol when I grow up. I want to have her energy. I want to wake up every morning with her energy and um I'm just <sighs> Carol, I'm just so I'm so inspired. That's what this entire series, um the Win series of the Communications Group does is meant to do. It's meant to honor women who have inspired action who, um, have achieved success, who have excelled in their field and who are encouraging other people, lifting up other people, other women, other humans around them to follow in their footsteps. Um, I just have to say, I'm completely, completely inspired, um, by you. I do think that one of the most challenging things that, uh, women have to do in the workplace And I would really like to hear how you've done this as sort of a nice wrap up. I think one of the most challenging things we have to do is find um, the formula that works for us, because I do not believe, you know, we spend the majority of our hours um, as adults, if we're working, if we're employed, we spend most of those hours um, in our work. So I feel like we set up a lot of women. For disappointment when we say uh, family work balance, because it's not really a balance. What you have to do is find the formula as a mother, as a wife, um, as a as a woman, as a sister, and as a professional um, for what works for you. So, as an inspiring woman, I want to hear what your formula is, and um, and then I want you to sort of take us out with a one message that you want to share with other um, women in the workplace um, that might be inspiring to them.
2: Okay, absolutely. Well, so, you know, first of all, I'll talk about this secret formula. There have been times in my life where um, I feel like one of those circus acts with the plates on the little spinning things and you've got plates and you're trying not to drop one.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: <laughs> I seriously have felt like that and I've dropped plenty of plates in my time. So I think that, you know, there is a point of um, for personal professional development where you reach that and you're like, what do I let go? What falls? Mm-hmm. What, what can I what can, uh, give up? And so I think that as I've gotten older, I've learned to live it and love it. And so that's, that's my advice to everyone is just find that happy medium to where you're doing something that you truly love. Mm-hmm. You're doing something that you, um, you know, can, can envision you're making a difference and fit your family into that, fit your family into your work and fit your work into your family and uh, that's easier in some positions than others. Um, I have been in a development position before, where they wanted you in the office from eight to five, but they expected you to still raise a certain dollar amount. You can't do that sitting behind a desk. You've got to be out and going. And so, and in agriculture development, all of those things are the same. You know, you've got to kind of. Figure out what your parameters are at work, um, what you're expected to do. But then find out how you can do that and really um, love it, you know, make the most of it, no matter what you're doing and work your family and your family, friends and work all into your life. And so I have gotten away from this work life balance and I just call it life balancing. And I legitimately I love my work so much that my family is either a part of whatever I'm doing or whatever I'm doing is a part of my family. And again, I, I am very blessed in that I'm at a point of my career where my, my kids are older, you know, they don't need me quite so much. And uh, my husband is very supportive and, you know, he he goes right along with all the, the brotherhood activities that I need to do. If I need him there, he's there. And, um, but it's, it's one of those things you just have to really kind of evolve to that. And so that's how I do it. Um, I think that there are probably more positions of evolving later on, but, but I am blessed with a great family who supports me. And then an amazing leadership, you know, like I said, my boss is just incredible and the boards that I work for are incredible as well. So I, uh, I would suggest that anyone, you know, if you have the opportunity to, to blend your life into just one big thing. That's the best way to do it. So. I think that's
1: wonderful. That is a wonderful formula for that. And I think that's probably gonna uh, be inspirational for a lot of our listeners. I want to um, close with a, a little Uh, plug for our company, the communications group. Our passion is creating powerful communication solutions for our customers and for our clients. Our specialties are marketing and PR. And we do happen to have a lot of experience in agriculture, um, business to business, and in what we call outreach and education. Um, This entire series is um, designed uh, for Um, inspiration by inspiration, and is supported by women who are inspiring. Uh, The Maya Angelou quote that I absolutely love, um, you know, there are many definitions of success, but Maya Angelou says, uh, success is liking yourself, liking what you do, and liking how you do it. And I would say by that definition, Carol Johnson, that you are a tremendous success. We are inspired by you. Thank you for being our guest today.
0: Thank you guys so much for joining us in this week's WIN Podcast. The Women in Industry Series is presented by the Communications Group and celebrates professional women and their achievements. For more about today's guests and others like her, or to nominate a woman in the industry for recognition, click on over to comgroup.com. Join in on the WIN Conversations by going to ComGroup social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The Win Podcast is hosted by com Group's PR team, Carson Horn and Cecily Pamplin, and produced by me, Natalie Johansson. Technical support comes from our very own COM Group digital team, Casey Baker and Dylan Key, with our creative lead being Brent Miller. Additional support provided by Jennifer Pearson and Jared O'Connor, with direction from Dan Calling and Lisa Van Hook. To learn more about how the Communications Group can help you achieve your business goals, contact us today at 501-376 8722 or at info at comgroup.com. We look forward to producing many more.